Hey everyone, I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue, we left off. We're coming, reaching the conclusion of Rish Hashanah. We are on the fourth and final chapter, page 32a, the mission. Dr. Elikim Mishnah say the brachas. What are the say the brachas of Rish Hashanah? The order of the brachas of the Musaf. Amen. Aves, Ugvuris, Ugdushas Hashem. You say you start like any other from yesterday. Three times a day, you start with Aves. The God of Abraham, and then Gvuris, Hashem sprung and changes things and heals the sick and, uh, and resurrects the dead. And Kedusha Hashem, Hashem is holy, His name is holy. And He includes in the third blessing, He includes uh, the royalty, the sovereignty, Hashem's sovereignty, the mention of the sovereignty. You don't blow. Then you say Kedusha Sayoim, then the middle blessing, the fourth blessing, as you say, you talk about the holiday, the holiness of the day, the Shoshana, the Tekei, and you blow. Then you have Zechreinus, another blessing, a fifth blessing, the three middle blessings. Usually on every holiday you only have one simple blessing. Shoshana is unique, Shoshana you have, in the Musaf prayer, you have three central blessings. So this, to, this, to the second central blessing, blessing number five is Zechreinus. Hashem should remember us favorably with decay and you blow shayfer and then shayfer and, the, and the next the third set of, in, of the middle blessings which is blessing number six is shayfer the verses that mention the blowing of the shayfer with decay and you blow shayfer and then you conclude like every other Avaida with the service in the temple ritzay vayda and then maidim and the blessing of the uh, the priestly blessing. That's the opinion. If you're going to mention royalty, Hashem sovereignty, all the verses that discuss Hashem sovereignty, which is the whole theme of Rosh Hashanah, to coronate and crown God as King of the Universe, so you're mentioning it in the third blessing, and you're not blowing. So why are you mentioning it? Ella, rather, like any other Shemineshe, you say, you say, you start out with the three introductory blessings. That never changes. Shabbos, Yom Tevish, Hashanah, Kippur, that never changes. The beginning, and the first three blessings, the concluding three blessings. What changes is the middle blessing. The, middle, the first blessing of the middle blessing, which is the regular blessing you would make in any Shabbos, which you discuss the holiness of that day. So, in that blessing, you mention the verses of Hashem's sovereignty, and you blow. And then is the next middle blessing, the additional blessing is the verses that mention Hashem remembers favorably, and you blow. And then is the verses that mention Shaifer, and then you blow. And you say, and then you say, thanks, and then the priestly blessing. Hmm. At the beginning of Sim Shalom, of the last, it's all about peace. That's the third, the final concluding blessing. Okay, that's the mission. Why are you going to mention Hashem's sovereignty if you're not going to blow Shaifa? Why is he asking Lamo Maske? Lamo Maske? What do you mean? What kind of question is that? Hashem tells us to remember. What's his question? Why are you, why are you mentioning it? 
because Hashem told us to manage it. It says you have to remember Malchias, Echrenas, Veshefnas. And we're going to learn it out soon from, from, from the Pasuk. What's the source, the biblical source? We have to say, mention these three things in Rish Hashanah. So what are you asking? Why do, why do, you, why do you mention it? She says... That. Ella, rather, Lama Eser... The question that he's asking is why does he say ten psukim in each of these in Zechreinus and when he remembers when we talk bring verses that states Hashem Shem remembers favorably we bring verses and discuss Shreifer and sovereignty verses for sovereignty we, we say ten blessings ten verses why do you need ten? Lema Teisho why? Because the Hoyal is Shtani, Shtani. Since royalty, sovereignty is different than the other blessings. The other blessings you blow afterwards. When you mention Hashem's sovereignty, you're not blowing. You include it in the third of the introductory blessings. So it should also change. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be the same. It shouldn't be ten. That was his question. Therefore, rather, he says that it is mentioned in the middle blessings. All three are mentioned on the middle blessings. And therefore... They're identical at each of them. We, li- we, we uh, quote ten verses from the Tanakh. In the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. Three from each, three from the Torah, three from the prophets, three from the writings, which is Psalms. And then the tenth one, we go back to the Torah and we conclude with a verse in the Torah. For sovereignty, which mentions Hashem's sovereignty, and ten verses that mention Hashem to remember us favorably, and ten verses of Shaif. The rabbis learn. How do we know? How do we know that every Shemin Esrei we start with the patriarch? It says in Psalm 29 that give to Hashem the sons of Elim, the sons of the strong ones. That, that praise Hashem. Praise Hashem. Remember, that the first thing he says he starts out is Havel Hashem Elim. Remind Hashem, remember, remind before Hashem the strong ones, which are the patriarchs. They are the strong ones. They were the starke. They were the ones who were strong in mitzvahs. And we know Hashem in Gevudis, that it's followed by Gevudis. He talk about Hashem's strength. And he says, Havel Hashem covered by Praise Hashem and His honor and His strength. And, we do, and Hashem's strength is, Hashem changes things. Changes, resurrects the dead. Chain, heals the sick, etc. How do we know that that's followed the third blessing? We mentioned Hashem is holiness, Hashem's holiness, give Hashem, praise Hashem, the honor of His name, bow down to Hashem and the, and the beauty of His, of His holiness. So you mention Hashem's holiness. How do we know that on Rish Hashanah we have to mention Hashem's sovereignty and mention that Hashem should remember us favorably and the verses of Shefer? It says, it says in the Pasuk, Shabbos, as he called it, it says in Leviticus, Shabbosin, Zichrin Teruah, Rish Hashanah is a day of rest, Zichrin Teruah, a day that you remember the blowing of the shaifer, Mikra Kaidish, Mikra Kaidish, Shabbos in the Kedushas Ayyim, Shabbos in 
You have to talk about the holiness of the day, that it's a holiday. You don't do work on that day. Zichrein, zichrein, zichrein. You have to remember. So you have to say verses that discuss how Hashem should remember us favorably. Teruah, blowing, elushayfras. That refers to the verses that mention in the Tanakh that talk about the Shafer. Mikra Kaidesh, a holy day, that sanctify it by not doing work. Why doesn't it say? Why doesn't it say Shabbosin? Why do you, why don't you say that the first word Shabbosin, the first word in the verse, is referring to a day of rest? Don't do work. Why do you say that Shabbosin is referring to the blessing in the Shemineserei that you should mention the day, the holiness of the day? That's how the Torah starts out. Day of rest. It's a holiday. Rather, Rabbi Kiva says the first word, Shabbosin, is talking about it's a day of rest. It's a holiday. Don't do work. Remember, talking about the verses of commemoration. It's a holy day. It's, it's invited to be a holy day. It's, it's That's referring to the holiness of the day that you mentioned in the Shemines. Okay, but there's no mention in this verse that you have to mention the verses and discuss Hashem's sovereignty. What's the biblical source you have to mention Hashem's sovereignty in Rosh Hashanah? It says over there in Leviticus, I am God, your God. So therefore, I am your king. And right afterwards it says, In the seventh month, it should be a day of rest, which is referring to Rosh Hashanah. So the juxtaposition, he says, I am your God, I am your king. And immediately he goes into Rosh Hashanah, he launches into Rosh Hashanah. So the theme of Rosh Hashanah is Hashem's sovereignty. From this we learn that we have to mention and discuss Hashem's sovereignty. And that's the first thing we meant. First blessing. No, we don't need to learn it from there. It says clearly, it says that it should be for you a commemoration. It talks about you have to you have to blow the trumpets when they bring the sacrifices. You have to blow the trumpets on the holidays on your Rish and it should be a day of Kavayil Chamuzikaron. It should be a, 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 a remembrance. The Fnei Alekechem before you, God, and the Hashem Alekechem. So the Fnei ain't Tamad Leimun and the Hashem Alekechem. Why do you have to repeat? He says it should be a remembrance before you, God. Why does he have to uh, repeat? I am God, your God. This is becomes a principle. This is something that you build up, like a father. A father, why is our children called Banim? Banim comes from the word Binyan. The children are built up by the, by the father, by the parents. 
the father gives, 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 uh, gives off offspring. So this becomes a source, a principle. From this we learn that everywhere, wherever it's mentioned, you have to remember, remember, remember to discuss Hashem's sovereignty. So therefore, when it says in Leviticus that Rosh Hashanah is a day of remembrance, we know, the Torah already taught us, in, in, in the book of Numbers, or whenever it says remembrance, also accompanied by Ani Hashem Alekechem, you also have to mention Hashem Savant. When do you say the Gedusha Sayyahim? Where do you mention the Gedusha We have a set of blessings that's dedicated to, to remembrance. We have a set of blessings that's dedicated to the Shafran. When exactly do you say the, uh, you mention the Hashem Savanti? Because one, the one blessing, you have to talk about the holiday, like every other Shabbos, every other Yom. So he says, in that blessing, in that first, first central blessing, the blessing number four, when you mention the holiday, that's where you insert, that's where you mention the Shem Sabbath. Rebbe says... Rabbi says that you say it in the blessing of, of sovereignty. Oh, the Gemara asks, where do you say Kedusha Sayyim? Where, where do you mention the holiness of the day? Rabbi says you say it in the blessing of sovereignty. Just like we find every Shabbos and every holiday, you say Rudavias, the fourth blessing, the first, there's only one central blessing every Shabbos and every Yom. That's where you mention the holiday. So Afghan also Rudavias. In the fourth blessing, which is a blessing of sovereignty, that's where you mention the holiness of the day. says, "No, you say it in You mention the holiness of the day in the fifth blessing, in the second of the central blessings, the blessings of the remembrance. Why? What's the logic? Because just like every Shabbos, every Yantif, where do you mention the holiday in the center? So what's the center of the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah? We have nine blessings altogether. Blessing number five. Five is the center. So Afkan also be'emsa. So we have an argument, logic. Rebbe says, no, it's like every other. It means the fourth. Rebbe says, also like every other, but it has to be in the center, and that's the fifth blessing. Shakichu Bezdin Sashanah Bu'usha. When the Bezdin sanctified Rosh Hashanah and Usha, when the Sanhedrin, remember we learned the other day, one of the ten places I had to move was in Usha. So went down. The reason he went down because the Chazan's place was the lowest place in the shul. Because it says you should that we learned in Brachas you should daven to Hashem from your depth. So it was a symptom, a physical manifestation of the fact that you lowered down. Your heart was broken before you approach Hashem. Your heart has to be broken. You have to lower lower your ego. Lower your temperature, lower your ego a little to be able to elevate yourself to connect with Hashem. So he went down to act as the chazan. He was the chazan, he was the in front of Shimon Gamliel. And he did like, like Rabbi Echnum Benuri. 
that you say the sovereignty in the third blessing of the Shemineser the blessing of Kedushas Hashem and you don't blow afterwards this is not how we behaved in Yavne my father in Yavne my father that's not how we did but we did like Rabbi Akiva not like Rabbi Yechon ben Nuri we mentioned sovereignty in the fourth blessing the next day so they, 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 they removed them from the Chazanas. They sent another Chazan. The next day, Rosh Hashanah, because two days of Rosh Hashanah, they, even in Eretz Yisrael, so they sent Rabbi Hanina ben Rabbi Yisrael, he was the Chazan. This is the way we did in Yavna. That's the correct way. Are you going to say, Rabbi Kiva holds that Malchus is in the fourth blessing. And we just learned, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, when do you say sovereignty? In the central blessing. He says it has to be like every Shabbos in Yantav, just like every Shabbos in Yantav. His blessing number four is the central blessing, because you have seven blessings every Shabbos in Yantav. It's not 18 blessings. During the week they have 18 blessings. Now we have 19. But 18 blessings. But during Shabbos you have seven blessings. The central blessing, you have three in the introductory blessing, three concluding blessings. And the central blessing, blessing number four, that's where you say the mention, the holiness of the day. So in Rish Hashanah we have nine blessings. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel argues it has to be mentioned. The holiness of the day has to be mentioned in the fifth blessing, the middle blessing. And here he said that he was happy, he was pleased the way with the chazan the second day. He said, this is the way my father did, but he's not... But he followed Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says you mentioned it in the fourth blessing. The Gemara answers, he meant, all he meant that he was pleased that he said sovereignty not in the first three introductory blessings, in the third of the introductory blessings, which according to, according to Rabbi Yechon ben you don't blow afterwards. But you say it in one of the central blessings in which you blow. So in that sense, he holds, he holds like Rabbi Akiva. You have to blow after you mention sovereignty. But regarding the blessing, when do you say it? He re-argues with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says you say it, you say the holiness of the day in the fourth blessing. Rabbi says you say it in the seventh blessing. So, so he meant, when he meant Kiva, he doesn't mean he did like Kiva that he, he mentioned the holiness of the day in the fourth blessing. He meant like Kiva that after sovereignty you blow Shreifat, only regarding that, that, that detail. Your mother says, we learn, the next day, what do you mean the second day? You think they to change the I mean the next day, because why would they make a second day Rosh Hashanah? They still had the Jewish Supreme Court. Don't forget, they were they were sanctifying the new moon every month for a few hundred years after the destruction of the temple. As long as they had the Jewish Supreme Court, they were still. So why why did they? If you're going to say because the witnesses because they made Rosh Hashanah two days, let's say the witnesses didn't come. So the witnesses didn't come, so they ended up spending Rosh Hashanah two days. So the memory you're gonna say the Burul Elul. 
So you're going to say that means that Elul was a 30-day month. We never find a single instance from the times of Ezra. Before Ezra, yes. In the first temple, yes. But from the time of Ezra, we don't find a single instance when Elul was a 30-day month. It always ends up being a 29-day month. So, so, so obviously Elul was a 20. So it was only one day to Shoshana. So what do you mean the second day? His answers. Really, Rosh Hashanah was one day. means The next time, the second time, the next time it was Rosh Hashanah, which is next year. So that next year they didn't take. They sent a different chazan. <laughs> the first chazan was demoted, and they sent a different chazan. Okay, next mission. mission. You can't, you can't be less, you have to have mentioned ten verses of sovereignty. Masod of Zechariah is ten verses that mention from the Torah, from the, from the Bible, the Tanakh. Mention, Hashem should, uh, Hashem should uh, mention remembrance. Masod ten verses. And, and, and also Masod of Shefer, from ten verses that mention the Shefer. Abiyachim argues and he says, Imam Gimel, Gimel Mikulun Yatsa. If you say three, you fulfill your obligation. The rabbis in the, in the Mishnah say you can't say less than ten. Abiyachimanuri agrees that ideally you should say ten, but if you say three, you fulfill your obligation. That's the Mishnah. Why ten? Why do you have to say ten times? Ten mentions, ten verses of Malchus. says. There are ten hilulim, there are ten praises that David Amelo says in the, in the book of Tehillim. So therefore, you should also say ten verses. He says, David said in Tehillim. Don't forget, David also didn't, not everything in Tehillim is David's own composition. David also quotes from ten elders, also ten. Many of the Psalms, uh, different elders, you know, so from ten different skins. What do you mean? There are many expressions of praise until them, more than ten. Why only ten? Some counted as a hundred, a hundred and twenty different praises. The whole of Tillim. What do you mean only ten? Hundred different different expressions of praise. So what do you mean only ten? So what answers, he means Right, he's talking about the ten in the last psalm. It says, Hallelujah, it says, he's talking, mention Shoifer. So in, in the last psalm, it says ten times Hallelujah. In other words, 120 times it says Hallelujah until... So why it's only ten times it says hallelujah. So he says, we're talking about the last capital, capital Psalm 150, which says, Beteka Shafer, he mentioned Shafer, which is connected to Rosh Hashanah. So there it says, hallelujah, ten times. Hallelujah, hallelujah, ten times hallelujah. So therefore, we mention ten verses, ten verses. 
we commemorate the creation of the world. Hashem created the world with ten utterances. So we have to say ten verses of mentioning Hashem's Hashem's time. No, not ten commandments. The ten utterances with which Hashem created the world. No, not ten commandments. There's ten commandments, the ten commandments, then the ten utterances at the beginning of the book of, of, of yeah, creation. In the beginning of the book of Genesis. We do you have ten? You only have nine? Your mother says, There's only nine. Hashem said, it only says nine times Hashem says. Hashem says there should be light, and there was light. Hashem says the grass should grow. There's only nine times. Where do you get ten? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the, it's the, the opening statement, in the beginning, Hashem created. It's also. It's also included, even though it doesn't say Hashem said, because it says the chsiv, it says in Psalm, Psalm 33, Hashem created the heaven, but he created it through his speech. So when he says Hashem in the beginning, Hashem created heaven and earth, it was also through his speech. Like it says in Tam, through his utterance, like it says in Psalm 33. So therefore, ultimately, you have 10, ten utterances. We learn now says, Ten is not a deal breaker. Ideally, you should say ten. But if you say three of each, three of sovereignty, three of remembrance, three of shaifah, you fulfill your obligation. Yeshiva student had a question. How do we learn Rabbi Yechnabinuri's? How do we understand Rabbi Yechnabinuri's opinion? Does he mean to say, Shalish Minatayra? When he says three, Three of each. Does he mean three from the Torah? Three from the prophets. V'shalish v'naksuvim. Da'avatesha. Means you have to say nine. Not ten, but nine. When he says three of each, he means each category. Sovereignty, remembrance, and shoifah has to be three of each. Three, a set of three from the Torah, a set of three verses from the prophets, and a set of three verses from Psalms, from the writer. So altogether you have nine... Then the whole argument is ten or nine. The difference between them is one. Mm-hmm. says he can say one less than ten. Perhaps no. He means to say that each set you only need three verses. one verse from the Torah, one verse from the prophets, and one from the writing from the writing from There's a huge difference. The rabbis say ten, and he says three. A difference of seven between. So the Gemara answers the question. Tashma bring you approved. The time you learn the Braise. You can't say less than ten of each. If you said seven verses between all of them, uh, from each one, then you fulfill Yatza. You fulfill, you fulfill your obligation. Which responds to the seven firmaments in heaven. Okay. You fulfill your obligation. In other words, if you say, from each seder you say seven, you say two verses from the Torah, two verses from the writing, two verses from the prophet, and then you conclude the seventh, you go, you go back, you circle back to the Torah. To finish with the Torah. 
So each category you say seven. Instead of ten, you say seven verses. You fulfill your obligation after the fact. Why? This corresponds to the seven heavens. That's the opinion of the rabbis. Rabbi says, Really, you should say seven. A minimum of seven. But if you say three, meaning one for each category, one from the Torah, one from the prophet, one from the writing, you fulfill your obligation. Corresponding Others say, you have to say three verses corresponding to the three categories of Jews. So what do we see clearly from this? Bryce answers the question. When he meant three, he meant three of each of each category. Each category, you only need three verses. One from the Torah, one not. You need three in each category. You need three from the Torah and three from the prophets. Nine. No, three. Hmm. Okay, the law follows Ideally, you should say ten. He agrees with the rabbis. Ideally, you should say ten. But after the fact, if you say three, you fulfill your obligation. Next When you say verses, when you quote verses from the Tanakh, you're not allowed to bring a verse. That's, that's a punishment, that's a negative. You have to bring verses that are positive. Hashem should remember us favorably. You start with the Torah, then you go to the writing, then you bring the verses from the Psalms, which are the writings, then you bring verses from the Prophet, And you finish with the prophet. Rabbi Yisab ben Nuri Rabbi Yisab says exactly what he means. Rabbi Yisab says in Mishlim Mishal Torah Yatsa. If you conclude with a verse in the Torah, or you start with three verses in the Torah, then you say three verses from the writings from Psalm, then three verses from the prophets, and then you conclude with one Torah, you fulfill your obligation. Okay, the Gemara will explain now. Dr. Gemara, on side B, 32B, Malchias, for example, what do you mean by Malchias that are negative? You're going, for example, Hashem swears, if not with a strong hand, with an outstretched arm. And, and only good news I'm going to be king over you with my, with my anger I'm going to pour my, my wrath on you so even though it mentions Hashem's royalty sovereignty, that's not a verse you want to mention in Rosh Hashanah that all this anger let Hashem be angry with us get angry with us and at, as, at least he'll get us out of Golas in other words let, let Hashem get angry let him pour his wrath on us and once and for all bring us Golas to an end instead of schlepping this is like Chinese torture schlepping the exile schlepping and schlepping almost 2,000 years let, let him pour his wrath in one shot get it over with and then let's oh, let's move on already so but nevertheless since 
It's mentioned anger in the verse. But they shot the We don't want to mention on Rosh Hashanah anger. It's not a time to mention anger. What's an example of a verse that mentions remembrance that's negative? We, we don't. We don't say that in Rosh Hashanah. Hashem remembered Hashem in, in Psalm 78 that uh, David HaMelech is rebuking the Jewish people, all the tests. They tested Hashem in the desert. Ten tests. And he went against his will despite all the miracles that he showed them. And all the sins that they sinned when they were in Israel. So he also mentions the punishments that the Jewish people were punished. And that's why we say Hashem should have mercy. He should forgive our sins. He shouldn't destroy us. And he didn't pour out all of his wrath. And he remembers that they were just flesh and blood. That we die and we don't come back. So by remembering us, he had Rachmanus in us. And he held back from pouring out all his wrath. Giving us everything that we deserve. All our sins. Instead, he, he punishes us little by little, so we should be able to handle it. We shouldn't, we shouldn't pour out oil's wrath. So again, even though it's mentioning Hashem's, Hashem remembered us. He remembered them, but it's it's a negative remembrance. It's talking about Hashem is pouring out His wrath, not pouring out His full wrath, but His partial wrath. But that's not the type of remembrance you want to mention in Rosh Hashanah. What shayfar? What's a what's an example of a verse in the shayfar we don't want to mention because it's negative? When it says tiku shayfar bagiva, it says in Eshaya that uh, the the prophet is warning the Jewish people that the, the sword is going to says that the sword is coming. The sword is coming as a punishment for all their misdeeds. So blow Shoifer and warn them that the sword is coming. Uh-huh. So even though you mentioned blowing of the Shoifer, but there it's an association with something negative. Blow the Shoifer and be forewarned that the enemy is coming, the sword is coming to punish you. Avalim Balaima Brifi comes to say, Malchus Zikaran Rishafer shall put on the Shlevikhovim. If you want to say how Hashem is gonna pour his wrath on the Goyim, that that you could mention. And the Gemara brings examples. Malchus, an example of sovereignty, where Hashem punishes the Goyim. Goyim, Hashem Bolok, he's Psalm ninety-nine. Hashem is king and he's going to get angry at the Goyim, at those who didn't serve him, those who didn't worship him. Again, Hashem, Melech, Elam, Vod, of the Goyim, in the same psalm. Hashem is king forever and the Goyim are going to be lost from his land. Another example, that you are allowed to say. That's mentioning Hashem's sovereignty. Hashem is going to, is going to express his anger on those who don't serve him. Zikarin. Hashem will remember all the sins of Adam, the sins of Adam, and he's going to going to destroy them. So that, that that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. It's a positive thing to mention. Shayfer, kigoyin, Hashem alekim, b'shayfer yidka, v'aluch b'sad is teimun. It says in Zechariah, Hashem is going to blow Shayfer, and Eksiv, Hashem tzavok is yogin aleim. So Hashem is going to destroy. Destroy the nations. 
And, but then it said, Hashem is going to protect the Jewish people. So that's a verse that, that you could say, you could mention. Then the Gimbal says, Then he brings a Braise, the Gimbal brings a Braise, You're not allowed to, you don't mention a verse that says Hashem remembered an individual. You only quote verses from the Bible where Hashem remembered the community, the congregation. I feel a little even if it's for the good, the good remembrance. He's going, for example, where David was praying for himself. Psalm 106, David was praying, Please remember me favorably. When, you, when, you, when the people, when your nation will please you, remember me as an individual, remember me as well favorably. So that's not a verse that you mention. Hmm. Okay, going for example, when Nehemiah mentions on himself, Hashem should remember me favorably for all the good things that I've done for the poor, for the Jewish people. Because we have to, on Rosh Hashanah, we have to remember, the, uh, 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 remember, we have to mention remembrance that, that's for the community, the congregation, not just an uh, individual. Hmm. Your mother brings a braise. We learn the braise. Pikdainus hadayin kizachreinus. But the pasuk mentions pikdain is the equivalent of remembrance, and you can say it on Rosh Hashanah because it means the same thing. Going for example, Hashem pocket the sara. Hashem remembered sara, and that's the that's what we learn in the Torah. Hashem pocket means he remembered her. She became pregnant. Now, that means she, he decreed she should become pregnant. The opinion of Rabbi Yesi. Rabbi Yudhaim and Rabbi Yudhaim argue, he says, no. Bekdainus is not Zechreinus. Bekdainus is Bekdainus. Zechreinus is is two separate things. Not because of the language. But because there's a difference between Zikadin and Pekadin. Pekadin means at a certain time. On this day, I'm going to remember. When I remember. Zechira means I constantly remember. It's not limited to a certain specific time. So in Rish Hashanah, you should rather use a, an expression of Zicharim. Hashem should constantly remember favorably, not just a certain time. There are times that Hashem remembers favorably. But it should be constant, constantly remembers favorably. Okay, you might ask Rabbi Yosi, even going to Rabbi Yosi, even though he holds up because the Chorin are interchangeable. But nevertheless, the question is, Hashem Pakad is Sarah because the Yachadu, it's an individual. We just said we don't mention things that Hashem remembers individually. She's a general person. She's the matriarch of the Jewish people. And Hashem remember her. He didn't remember her. You look at the Yitzchak. It's not Yitzchak. It's you, I, the whole Jewish people all come from that remembrance. Then it says until says in Psalm twenty four, lift up the gates. And let the king of honor come in. And then it says, then the, the psalm continues, lift up your gates and let the king of honor come in. Who is the king of honor? Hashem Tzavakis and Melakavit Salatim. the first one, Shtayim. In the first half of the psalm, he mentions the sovereignty twice. 
He says the king should come, and then he says, Who is the king of honor? Shnir, the second half of the psalm, he mentioned sovereignty three times. Shalish. He says, Let the king of honor come. Who is the king of honor? And then he says, Hashem Tzvok is a Melachavetzel, the God, the host of chariots, he is the king of honor. Hmm. So you have, all together, you have five mentions of sovereignty just in that song. Rebbe Buddha argues, says, no, but Rishonim, the first one, the first half of the Psalm 24, yes, Achas, only one. The second half, sovereignty is mentioned twice. Because the question, Miza Melech is not counted as, as part of the sovereignty. Because it's a question, who is the king of sovereignty? The question, that's not, it's when, he, when he says definitively, that Hashem is the king, the king of sovereignty. Melech Hakavit, the king, and then he says the king in the second half, and then he concludes, Hashem, the host of the chariots, is the king. So that's altogether. You have three mentions of sovereignty. Another argument says in Psalm forty-seven, Zamrul Lekim, Zamedu, Zamrul Malkeinu, Zamedu, Sing to God, Sing, Sing, Our King, Sing. He Melech Alad, so the king of Hashem is king over the whole world. So you have Shtayim. Twice Hashem is mentioned as king. Malkeinu and Melech. David Rabbi says, no, there's only one mention. Because Malkeinu, our king, is not included in the sovereignty. Because it doesn't say Hashem is king over the world, only in the Jewish people. Malkeinu. That's unique. Hashem is king over the Jews. That's unique. Only a Jew can say, God is my God. Hmm. No one else in the universe can refer to God as my God. No one. Not angels, not goyim. The only ones in the universe who can say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu. Only Yisrael, only a Jew can say, God of the God is Jewish. God is the God of the Jewish people. God says, I am your God. I am not the God of the French or the English or the French or the American. I'm the God of your God. No, they have to go through the Jewish people. Their connection to Hashem has to be through the Jewish people. They have to keep the seven Ohide laws because the God of the Jews gave us the Torah and the God of the Jews taught them the seven Noahide laws. It has to go through the Jews. You can't be connected to God if you're not connected to the Jewish people. God is Jewish. <laughs> so only a Jew can say Malkeinu in that sense. So it's, it's unique. That's a separate thing. Rish Hashanah, we're talking about God as king of the world. So therefore there's only one mention of kingdom. That's what Abiyah does appear. Shavin, and they both agreed, Abiyah and Abiyah agreed, by Pasuk, in the next Pasuk, it says, Malach Alekim Malgoyim, Alekim Yashav Akitzei Kotshei Shia Achaz. It says, Hashem is king over the Goyim, Hashem sat on his crown of his throne of glory. So that's only one mention. Why? Because, why not? He says, because Malach is only mentioned once. That he sat on his throne, that's not a, a mention, that's not a separate mention of, of sovereignty. Mm-hmm. The fourth argument says in the passage, a verse that mentions the blowing of the shofar, for example, says in Leviticus, the seventh month, Rosh Hashanah, to be a day of rest, 
the uh, remembrance of blowing a holy day. So Eimra, you say What's do you? Is that included in the blessings of the blowing of the shofar, or or because it says both a remembrance of blowing? So is it included in the blessing? One of the ten blessings of the shofar is included in the ten, one of the ten blessings of remembrance. So he says, you say it. It's included in the in the verses of remembrance. And then he says, and he also can say the same verse for shayfris. This same verse covers both. It mentions remembrance and it mentions the blowing of the shayfar. You could only say it, include it in the blessings of remembrance. Because in the blessings of the shayfar, you have to say where the word shayfar is mentioned. Here it doesn't say shayfar. It says a remembrance of blowing. But you don't mention the shayfar. You have to mention the shayfar with which you blow. So therefore you can't include it in the blessings of the shayfar. You can only include it in the blessing of remembrance. And so too, it says, Malchus a blessing that mentions Hashem's sovereignty. That also mentions blowing. For example, Hashem Hashem is with him and the love of Hashem is with him the blowing of Hashem the love of Hashem the friendship of Hashem so you can say it you can include it in the ten verses of sovereignty because it says it says Hashem is king Melech you can also say it, you can also include it in the ten blessings of Shefer because it says, the blowing. Because Teruah here, like he said, it's not doesn't mention Shefer, so you can't include it in the, in the, in the verses of Shefer. And then also Teruah, if you have Teruah that doesn't mention anything else with it, just the word Teruah, not sovereignty and not remembrance. Kigoyim, for example, Yem Teruah Yilachem, it should be a day of blowing. You can use it as one of the verses of Shaifer because it says true, a blowing. You don't say it at all because, again, true is not the act of blowing, it's the Shaifer that has to be mentioned. Okay. You start with the Taita and you conclude with the Navi. That's the opinion of the rabbi. Rabbi Yisimah says, no, if you finish, if you conclude with the Taita, you fulfill your obligation. Your mother means with the Evadin, only after the fact. But ideally, you should not conclude with the Taita. But Tani will learn the Brais, Rabbi Yisimah, Amashlim, Amashlim, that's ideal. It's not only if you finish with the Torah, you also fulfill your obligation. No, that's the ideal way to do it. Of course, and that makes sense. You can you start with the Torah, then you say three verses of the Torah, three verses of the writings of Psalm, three verses of the Prophet, and you conclude with the Torah. That's the most important. Praiseworthy. Yes, you might have answers. How he come? Yeah. So you might have answers. Aim must say, Mashlim. Mashlim, not im hishlim. If read mashlim, that's the way you should do. But it doesn't say that. The language you use, if you conclude it, not you should conclude. It means with the evidence. Im hishlim means if you did it, it's also okay. This is what he says. That's the opinion of the the first opinion of the rabbis, the Tanakam. 
Rabbi Yisi Amen. Rabbi Yisi says, Mashlim b'Teira. Really, you should conclude with the Teira. Vim Hishlim b'Navi Yatsa. If you conclude like the Rabbi said, you conclude with the Prophet, then you also you do fulfill your obligation after the fact. In other words, according to the rabbis, the first opinion of the Mishnah, you start with three verses in the Torah, three verses of the Psalms, of the writing, then four verses in the Navi. Altogether is ten, so you have four verses of, from the prophet. And you conclude with the prophet. And Rabbi Yaisi argues, argues, and he said, no, you should finish the, the tenth one, to be three, three, and three, and the four verses should be in the Torah. Give more honor to the Torah. Conclude with the Torah. But if you follow the rabbis and you finish the four verses of the prophets and you conclude with the prophets, you also fulfill your obligation. You don't have to daven Shem Nesri over again. People who are humble and modest, who, who love mitzvahs, would conclude with the Torah. The mother says, Bishleim, it makes sense, we can understand Zechreinus Vashavrez di Ketuva. There are plenty of verses in the Torah that that mention remembrance and favorably and for the community. Vashavrez, many, many verses. El Malchias, Tlasudab, in the Torah, the only three mentions in the Torah that mention sovereignty. So we have four. He said you have to conclude the fourth one according to the rabbis that they say only three verses in the Torah and, and four verses of the prophet. It's no, no problem. But according to Rabbi Yaisi, they have to have four verses in the Torah. You have a problem. Where do you have it? You don't have a fourth verse of sovereignty. One verse is Hashem al-Kavim Hashem is with him, and the, 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 the love of the king is with him. The second one, it says, um, It says, With the Jewish people is Melech, the king. With By the Jewish people, Hashem is king. And the third one, Hashem Yimlech Le'elam Vod. It says, Hashem Yimlech Le'elam Vod, Hashem will be king forever. But so the, where's the tenth? Where's the, the fourth blessing from the title? Think about the answer. I'm going to bring you a proof. It says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. And that's Malchus. That's sovereignty. Even though it's not mentioned, Melech. But nevertheless, you're, you're declaring Hashem is one. Hashem is king over the whole world. No, that's not sovereignty. But the Pasuk says, This is Malchus. No, no, there's also another verse. It says Hashem, uh, you should know that Hashem is one in the heaven, there's nothing else. So Rabbi Yesi, Rabbi Yesi says, this is Malchus. No, it's not Malchus. Another verse says, you have seen, there's nothing else besides Hashem. It's also Malchus. Even though it doesn't mention the word sovereignty, but it's the same theme. Hashem is, is king over the whole world. Hashem is. There's nothing else besides Hashem. So we see, according to Rabbi Yaisi, there's another three verses of Malchus, in addition to the three verses that states clearly Malchus. So, so according to Rabbi Yaisi, that's why he says that the, you, you definitely come up with four verses you can conclude, and that's what we conclude. We conclude with the Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekin, Hashem Echad. Next mission, uh, a lot of missions today. Next mission, Zakdei Alekin Mishnah, Eivlef Neateh, Bebiyantar Rishashan, 
Hashemni, the one who davens Musaf, Maskiya, he blows Shaif. Shasa Hallel, and the other holidays. When we say Hallel, Harishin or Makrisa Hallel, for the one who davens Shachris, he is the one who davens Hallel. So who blows Shaifer? Hashemni, the one who davens Musaf, he is the one who blows Shaifer. When it comes to Hallel, the one who davens Shachris, he is the one who says Hallel. That's the mission. Look, the Gimara, why the difference? Why by Shafer is the one who davens Musaf, the Chazan davens Musaf, he's the one who should blow. Versus by uh, Halal, the one who davens Shachris. The mother said, Why? Because the one who davens Shafer, why? Because the one who davens Shafer, who is there in the morning? Only the early bird specials. But by, by Musaf, it's getting closer to the Kiddush. <laughs> Everyone shows up. JFK, yeah, yeah. so the more people, the better. And it's about king. A king, the greater the audience, the more honor is to the king. That's why you blow Shafer by Musaf. That's the case. So also, you should also say, you should say it by Musaf, not, not, not in the morning. Why do you say halal right after Shachris in the morning? Wait till Musaf. Just like you wait for Musaf, you wait to blow Shafer after the, after the reading of the Torah at the end, right before Musaf, in the middle of Musaf, when everyone is there. Halal should also be said by Musaf. This is an excerpt. Rather, the, the difference is the because when it comes to the mitzvah, the quicker, the earlier you do it, the better. In fact, if that's the case, the blowing of the shavu should also be the earlier, the better. Really, you're right. Really, they should have blown shavu in the morning because you do mitzvahs with alacrity. You can't wait to do the mitzvahs all year. The zealous ones do it quickly. But because it was a decree, you're not allowed to blow shavu. And they would expect them to blow Shafer in the morning. So they would wait for the Shachlis. They didn't hear Shafer. They left. And that's when they blew the Shafer. And therefore, that remained, that custom remained. It says now, Mishnah Medikom, Bishas Ahalel. That you say Halal. Meklal is approved. Means Rishishana, there is no Halal. You're saying in the other holidays when there is Halal. My time. But why is it talking no Halal and Rishishana? A, it's Rishchidish. Could you ask a child? Imagine it's a shchidish and no one is saying halal. It's a shchidish and it's a holiday, like every other holiday. And you're not saying halal. Why not? This question, Amru, Amru, This question, the angels asked Hashem. The master of the universe. Why aren't the Jewish people saying halal and singing your praise? Amalehem, Hashem responded to the angels. Efsher, is it possible? The king is sitting on, on, the, on, the, on the stool of judgment, on the seat of judgment. And the book of life and the book of death is open in front of him. This is a life and death sentence. I expect the Jewish people to say, Shira, how could they sing when their life is on the line? Next mission. You're not allowed to carry. If you don't have a shafer, you're not allowed to violate the rabbinic prohibition of quarantining, of bringing the shafer from outside the tchum, Shabbos and Yant. If, 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 if something collapsed in the shafer, you're not allowed to clear it up to get to the shafer because it's mukta, even though it's only rabbinic. I'm not, doing it. I'm not violating anything biblical. 
You're not allowed to climb the tree to get to the shafer, even though not climbing a tree and yamtiv is only rabbinically prohibited. You're not allowed to ride the animal to bring the shafer, even though not riding an animal is only rabbinically prohibited. Well, they shot in up there, my to swim, even though not swimming and yamtiv is only rabbinically. Nevertheless, you're not allowed to violate a rabbinic prohibition, even if it means I'm not going to hear shafer, which is biblical. Hmm. And the Mishnah continues in Chaitrin, they say you're not allowed to cut the shafer on the Yamtiv to prepare the shafer, to make the shafer. You should be able to blow it. Whether you're, you're doing it in a way which is only violating a rabbinic prohibition. Or even if you're going to do it, do it in a way, how much more so if you can do it in a way that violates a biblical prohibition? The mother will explain what's what what are these two ways. One is rabbinic, one is biblical. But if you want to make it better, enhance the shofar by pouring water into it, a wine, so the voice will be clear, and then yitin that you're allowed to do. There's no prohibition that I'm fixing. I'm fixing a okay, because anyway, it's good to go. I'm just improving it. Then the mission says, You don't have to stop little children from blowing to themselves in Rish Hashanah. Even though you're not allowed to blow on Yamtiv, and a regular Yamtiv, you're not allowed to blow Shefer. Someone who's not obligated is not allowed to blow, only in Rish Hashanah obligated. But children, you don't have to stop them. Not only you don't have to stop them, I'm asking the man. You also can to tell them that, that, that they should blow. So they should learn how to blow. You're allowed to educate and the Mishnah concludes, If someone is just happening to blow, not because you're thinking about the mitzvah, you're just practicing or whatever, you don't fulfill your obligation. You have to have at least an intent to hear the sound of the shaifa, to do a mitzvah. If I'm just playing around with it, even though you blow all the sounds, you don't fulfill. And someone who hears it from me also does not fulfill. Okay, we'll stop over here to be continued. Everyone have a wonderful day.